Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Happy holidays and welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 16 betting preview where we will talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs, and of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread Bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck, what's going on? Happy holidays, man. Yeah, happy holidays to you and to uh, everyone else out there. It was a small winning week for me. I wish it could have been bigger, man. I mean, the this is what happens in the NFL in one week. Like you just have to roll with the punches sometimes. And this sub special teams got me this week, which was shocking. I mean, I had watched Justin Tucker miss field goals live to cost me a teaser there. I watched the Bucks, who hold the just completely dominate the game statistically. Obviously, they fumbled like four times, but they try a, a, a fourth and yeah. one fake punt with uh, Gio Bernard. I have the Jets. I mean, unfortunately, Mike White got ruled out after we recorded the podcast. And by the way, that line closed Jets minus two and a half. I had plus one. I should have bought out. But uh, at least the Colts hung on to cover. Oh, my God. I was in a bar in Cleveland. They pushed the game back, NFL game back. We had tickets. You know, we were waiting to go down to the game. We were at a bar right right outside the stadium. And they pushed the game back before they – a little bit. And then they, eventually they started it. But I was going to lose it because my biggest loss of all time, my entire life, betting – you know, 20 plus years was Matt Ryan plus four and a half up 28 to three in overtime loses a coin toss team goes down and scores right away. So I was distraught a 33, nothing. No one's ever blown a 33 point lead in NFL history. And then it goes to, to overtime. And I say, I, I wish I could bet a million dollars that the uh, Vikings are going to win this coin toss. And luckily they did not score a touchdown on the opening drive because, uh, and then I'm glad that that got home for your six pack pick because that was torturous, Bruh, Like, and it, you know when you just know, like when they went up 33 nut, and I'm like, nah, nothing, nothing in the NFL is this easy. Nothing in betting is this easy. 
Like, and the announcers kind of felt felt it too. Like they never really gave up on the game. They were always like, you know, if the Vikings could just do this, they could get it. They could get back in this game. And it was thirty three nothing. I'm like, man. And the Vikings find a way to win another one possession game. But this is a, your December NFL weekend. There's weather all over the place, which is why you're seeing very low totals. Yeah, it's going to be cold and windy in a lot of places. Yeah, and while we're on the subject, uh, just some general trends. For whatever reason, I'm not sure if it's just uh, noise or what, but Saturday road teams, doesn't matter if you're a favorite or an underdog, just teams on road teams that play on Saturdays uh, against the spread since 2004 are 55 uh, and 32, 63%. And you mentioned the, the temperatures. When you have freezing or below temperatures, we'll get into the wind and stuff, but just straight up freezing or lower, the under is 49 and 33, 60% since uh, 2015. But a lot of these are tricky because I, I think what happens is the market, you know, when they see a game like uh, that, that could have weather, I, I feel like they ended up overbetting the under. So a lot of values lost. And uh, we ended up seeing the that over hit in that Miami game. And then we got to snow at the end. So uh, you got to be careful with those with those things. Yeah. And then not all wind is created equal. Like, you know, it's just because it's windy, like 10 to 12. Like I, I think threshold is like 15 for me. That's when it really starts to matter. Once you get a 15 and above then you really start to see the effects. And then like once you're sustained in the gusts in the 40s, that's when it's like almost impossible to throw the ball consistently and kick field goals as well. All right, let's jump into the Thursday night football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. Jacksonville Jaguars fresh off their win, which you uh, were on against the Dallas Cowboys. Now they go to face the Jets here. The line has been jumping up and down. It's inside of three, so you can expect that. It's not as crazy as it seems, but the Jets, uh, as we record this, are one and a half point favorites. The total is 37 and a half, so not expecting great weather here, obviously. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going to go, just uh, but he was on the injury report. Uh, Mike White looks like he's not going to go. It's going to be Zach Wilson again. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it doesn't look like Mike White's going. Um, I So I would make the Jets, you know, I have these teams pretty close to even now. Jags have been trending up. And then if you give the Jets, you know, home field advantage, short week. Yeah, maybe close to about a point and a half here. But then I have a couple point downgrade from White to Zach Wilson, who was just terrible last week. I mean, he completed a couple deep balls, but they were underthrown and it was just like just throw it up as a receiver made plays. Some of the throws he missed underneath, some of the throws on he just like threw it up in the air, an awful pick, basically cost him the game himself last night against uh, Pumpkin Goff, who didn't play well. I mean, the Lions said, I don't know, 10 off seven to 10 offensive points total. Um, so yeah, I may, I would make Jacksonville a very small favorite here. So I do show a little bit of value in the Jags, but it's not enough to get involved. I may end up teasing them. I think that's, I think this is a good teaser spot. If you know, now that the line has gone up to minus one and a half on the Jets, you have a really low total here. It's going to be cold out. And it's just a really fascinating matchup with, you have Zach Wilson, who's horrendous against a bad secondary. And then you have Trevor Lawrence who's playing really well against a good secondary. Um, so it's kind of like strength on strength and weakness on weakness 
what's going to ultimately be the difference. We'll see if the Jags can back up a big win at home on the road. Last time we saw them do, you know, they beat the Ravens at home in comeback fashion, and then they went, I think, to Detroit and laid a complete egg. Young team, inexperienced team, a little inconsistent, but this game is pretty big for both teams. Uh, the Jags now, I think, are going to win the division. Uh, that I have a plus 750, and the Titans under 9.5, it looks like might hit as well. I think the Jags are now favored to win the division, and if they win this game, they're in really good shape. So I think both teams might play a little tight. It's going to be cold early, big game. So, you know, I don't know if I could go under this low of a number. I don't show too much value there. But now that the line is ticked up with Zach Wilson, I don't understand why. Just like last week, I don't, the Jets took, you know, the line with three points after Zach Wilson, you know, initially moved back and then it kept moving. Um, but now that you can tease the Jags over a touchdown with a total this low, I think that you have to look at the Jags here. But it's uh, ultimately, to me, this is a coin flip game. You mentioned that Trevor Lawrence kind of going on a road and struggling. He did; They did have that win against the Titans, obviously. But generally, it, this is where the inconsistency kind of shows up more. He is just 4-11 and 11, uh, against the spread on the road, 2-5 and five this year. So this, for whatever reason, these kind of spots have been the ones where they haven't covered. And usually he doesn't play as well. Uh, so take that. For for what you may, but uh, yeah, I, I I got nothing on this one. Uh, you know, I I think the Jags are probably the the right side, but again, just Trevor Lawrence seems to struggle on the road, and it is a good defense, so uh, it could kind of come down to something silly like uh, another one of these special teams play or Zach Wilson doing something like how stupid is what Zach Wilson is going to do? Is it going to cost them the game, or is it just going to cost them a drive? Yeah, I think there's a lot of great teaser pieces this week. We'll get to them in our teaser section. So if you're looking for action, and the reason that there, you know, there's a lot of dogs around, you know, you know, between one and three with really low totals, um, where points are really going to be at a premium. So if you are looking for some action, I think the best bet here, we'll have some prop uh content out on Action Network app, but is to tease the Jags here up over a touchdown. And I will get into uh potential pieces that you could pair them with in our teaser section later on yeah and to to your point about the under uh, i am showing a bunch of trends on the under uh for what it's worth you know thursday night football unders with uh a total of 40 or less are 21 and 7 uh over the last couple of decades 75 percent primetime unders that moved down at least uh one and a half points are 77 and 48, 62% since 2015. A lot, of, a lot of things point to the under as well. But, uh, yeah, it's such a low total that uh, I agree. I think if you take the the Jags, you know, plus up to plus seven and a half, they should be able to keep this one close, uh, even if uh, they, they don't end up getting the win. All right, let's jump into the Week 16 Sunday six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open. The Sunday Six Pack. All right, another uh, another sweep. So uh, you got more work to do again. Sixty to forty six, down by a couple of touchdowns. Call the call the fight. <laughs> All you need is one good week. But I am also first this week. So to start us off with the first pick of the Week Sixteen Six Pack, presented by FanDuel. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers plus 
three and a half at the Miami Dolphins. And I think Green Bay can have some success here uh, on offense. You know, Miami likes to play man covers. They like to blitz. And Aaron Rodgers, he still destroys the blitz. His passer rating jumps from 89 when not blitzed to 103 when blitzed. The Packers are, are also, uh, they've been a lot better, more efficient against man coverage this season. Uh, 8.3 yards per targeted pass against man, about a yard low, over a yard lower uh, against zone coverage. And uh, Rodgers is graded as number three against the blitz. So you know, maybe he deters them from blitzing, but uh, they, they pretty much blitzed everybody. And uh, I think Green Bay, you know, with this healthy group of receivers now, I, I think they're going to be a little bit better than – or a lot better, I should say, than that offense that we saw earlier in the year that was just kind of really a tough watch, to be completely honest. I mean, you know, they, they, they just couldn't really do much. It was Everything was kind of a few yards at a time, and if they got in third down, it was just over. But now with Watson here, he can beat man coverage. So uh, if, if you look at his numbers in yards per route versus man coverage, Christian Watson, 4.3, second in the NFL among 96 qualified receivers. Uh, Alan Lazard's also top 25 as well. So now Green Bay actually has some receivers uh, that can be, man, Dobbs is better against zone, and, and so is Randall Cobb. So they got some options for for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Miami defense is is very good. They're a little bit better with uh, with Bradley Chubb, but still not, uh, not a strong Miami defense here. And then on the other side, I, I still think that Tua's not going to, kind of recapture that early season form. I know he got a long touchdown against Buffalo, but you look at his last four games, the completion percentage has been down. Defenses are starting to figure out, you know, where to line guys up and kind of deter some of those uh, throws over the middle. Packers, they love to play zone sometimes to a fault. So I, I think they'll, they'll at least have the formula. We'll see uh, how successful they are, but I think they have the ingredients on defense to make a few stops here. And uh, I like their offense to, to make, to score some points as well. So uh, like both sides of the matchup for green Bay here, they're going to be motivated. Obviously both teams are going to be motivated uh, here. And uh, I think Miami has been a little lot luckier than, than green Bay this season. If you check our action network luck rankings, Miami is the ninth most lucky team. Green Bay is 27th. And when you have a differential of 16 or more, which that is it's 16 or more differential 33 and 20, 62% against the spread since we started tracking it uh, in week three. You also have, uh, you know, I like to look at just late in the year, just see what's like week to week, what what kind of wins, how the market's pricing things. And it turns out that week 16 road dog, and it's fa they're facing a home favorite that has six to eight wins uh, at this time of year. So right around 500. Uh, the road dog is 46, 24 and three, 66% against the spread. And Aaron Rodgers, 11 and four against the spread as an underdog in the Matt LaFleur era. Before that, he was actually 15, 17 and one uh, going back with M McCarthy, Philbin and whatnot. So like the Packers here, haven't been on them too much this year, but uh, I, I think this is a good spot for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning the game. Yeah, I agree. This would have been one of my picks if you didn't take it first. I think 12 and one in Packers games. Nice. So I've had a good read on them about on them this week. This this game's in Miami in December, but it's not going to feel like it's in Miami in December. It's going to be cold, just like everywhere. It's going to be windy, which I think favors Rodgers and this offense. And speaking of luck, I, I was saying all year how they were getting very unlucky on like fourth downs in the red zone, but they were still able to move the ball. 
consistently on the ground through a short passing attack. And now they're healthier at wide receiver. I think Bakhtiari has a good shot of playing this week as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they've had some injuries, but they moved some guys around, especially in the secondary. I like the way that they've been playing recently. And I think they've made some nice adjustments there. And their defense is still vulnerable against the run, but that's okay against Miami. If you, if Miami's going to come out here and run the ball, a bunch. Uh, I think you would prefer that. But mo- most importantly, Green Bay, very good at defending the middle of the field with their specific defensive schemes. And that's what you need to do right now against this Dolphins offense. So, yeah, I think that these two teams are not that far off. The Miami defense is terrible. I mean, just look at what, what they've done all season long. And I said this, look, go back to last year, and that's when they had a much healthier secondary. Miami played, I don't know, eight or nine backup quarterbacks last year. Anybody with a pulse this season or last season has gets to 30 points against them. I mean, right, right around there, 28 to 30 points. Um, so I know it's going to be cold, and I don't mind – I actually don't mind this over again. You know, I think that this line should be a field goal or below that the Packers might take this, and they're going to be right there in the hunt to st- somehow steal a playoff spot in the NFC um, if someone slips up and – they could potentially get to a game where it's maybe playing your you win and you're in against Detroit at home in week 18. I was just going to say, you know, don't look now, but Green Bay, number two in offensive DVOA since week 10. Yep. All right. For my first pick and a second overall, the week 16 six pack, I'm going with the New England Patriots plus three and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals, who seemingly cover every week. Um, I think that they're 18 and four against the spread of the past 22 games, including the postseason. They're on some crazy streak right now, but just like last week, you know, I mean, I played Tampa plus three and a half. I think it closed closer to three would play that again. Now, you know, there was four turnovers, a fake punt, you know, everything just kind of went to shit, but you know, Tampa had 400 yards since he had 230 yards per play, 5.7 to 3.8, 3.8 yards per play for the Bengals. And why was that? Well, uh, there's some injuries that the Bengals have. I, you know, I will, T. Higgins played. I don't know if he's fully healthy, but most importantly, it's on the defensive side of the ball. Now you lose Sam Hubbard. We'll see if Trey Henderson will play with his broken wrist. You have injuries in the secondary. You know, even um, today, I'm trying to think who popped up with a uh, – Eli Apple popped up with a, an ankle issue today. You know, Mike Hilton's dealing with an issue in the slot. You already lost a Wouzier. Even Cam Taylor-Bred, who I think is going to play the rookie, he's been playing pretty good. He's banged up. But, you know, the Bengals now are laying three and a half on the road a week after they beat Tampa, but I downgraded them a bit. Tampa beat themselves. The Bengals averaged 3.8 yards play, 230 total yards of offense, even with Winfield getting hurt and a couple other Bucks getting hurt in that game. Yeah, I didn't upgrade them, and I have the Pats as a better team than the Bucks right now. And now they're going on their second straight road game in the cold. There's going to be wind. I think that favors New England. If you want to neutralize the passing attacks a little bit, obviously that's going to help the Patriots in this particular matchup. And I think with some of the injuries, we'll see if Hayden Hurst goes that Cincinnati is dealing with. Um, I think that the, the this line is too high. This just like last week, I think that this line should be under three. So I'll gladly take the hook in what, I think should be a lower scoring game. Um, and uh, this Bengals team has been a covering machine They're on a huge winning streak. By the time this game starts, it might be 
have clinched the playoff spot. They have the Bills on deck, second straight road game. But they've been getting fortunate in a lot of these games. And I think that this is, just like last week, I think that right now they're at the, their peak of the market. Everyone wants to bet the Bengals. And that's why I think that we're getting the hook here over the key number. I would bet this up to plus three and a half, minus 120. Bengals are overvalued by a bit right now. Still legit Super Bowl threats, but dealing with some injuries. And hopefully at the end of the game, Jacoby Myers doesn't throw the ball backwards if it's tied. <laughs> Like, honestly, you're braver than me. I, I don't want to bet the Bengals, but I don't want to bet against the Bengals right now. It just I, my only loss betting the Panthers came against the Bengals. So uh, I'm kind of shell shocked off that still. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, you at all work. Like, what do you think of Mac Jones? Like, I was looking at his numbers from last week and against a terrible Raiders secondary, he completed. Uh, he was awful, 50%. Yeah, but, like, to wide receivers, because, like, listen, like, they don't use their tight ends, and they're, they're talking about they can't – every pass can't go to a running back. But, he had a wide receivers, he went 4 of 17, 71 yards. So like, I I don't – like, against the Raiders, bro, like, I, I don't know what's going on with him and Patricia and his offense, but it, it just completely lost it, so – like, that does kind of worry me against the Patriots because, like, sometimes they look competent. Like, against that Minnesota team, they looked competent uh, throwing the football, uh, but they still they also still lost that game by a touchdown. So, yeah, I, I don't really have a good feel for the Patriots, to be honest. Uh, I never know what I'm going to get from uh, from Mac. It's a little bit scary, but um, that's usually a good sign in the NFL. And uh, hopefully Patricia doesn't vomit all over the field. All right. With uh... – Toby does. We might have to uh, go with our coach's pep talk to him now because we got we get we gave it to Saturday last week and uh, I mean he covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pep talks the pep talks on a roll. <laughs> For my second pick and the third overall of the week sixteen six pack presented by FanDuel, I'm going with the New York Giants plus four and a half at the Minnesota Vikings. And, well, obviously, we've talked about this. The Vikings, this is the time of year where you want to fade them. They've just started out incredibly lucky. But I really like the matchup for the Giants in this game. So we know that the Giants on defense, what are they going to do? They're going to blitz even more than the Lions do, even more than the Dolphins. They are number one in the league in blitz rate under Wink Martindale, former Ravens defensive coordinator. Uh, so because they're first in blitz rate, they're also first in man coverage rate. Well, Kirk Cousins has not been good against the blitz. He's not been good against man coverage. Uh, and Giants are up to fourth in pressure rate. I mean, I think it's probably all Kayvon Thibodeau in the span of like three plays last week. But they're, you know, they're first in blitz rate, but they're also fourth in pressure rate. So, uh, you know, that that's, that's a little better than when you're, you know, kind of middle of the pack in, in pressure even though you're blitzing so much. So uh, Giants defense kind of quietly improving there with, with, with the, some of the young guys playing well. And Kirk Cousins, passer rating drops from 98 when uh, he's in a clean pocket to 79 when pressured. His rating, his PFF grade, excuse me, against the Blitz is a 53. That is 36 of 39 qualified quarterbacks. Uh, he's really at the – everyone else in the Cousins range has already been benched or didn't start the year as a starter with already a backup. Uh, when he's blitzed, his completion rate drops from 68 to 56. Yard per attempt, 7.5 to 5.5. Uh, 
uh, and his passer rating goes from 96 to 80. And, uh, you know, that that yards per attempt, 5.6 yards per attempt when blitzed, second lowest after Carson Wentz this year. The completion rate is fourth lowest. So, uh, and he could it could be even worse because he actually has the third lowest drop rate uh, on passes when he's blitzed. So he could easily be completing, you know, under 50% of his passes uh, against the blitz. And this Minnesota offense, they have – one of the greatest receivers of all time, but and and a lot of good players at the skill positions, but 22nd in weighted DVOA, 20th in passing offense, 26th in rush, rushing offense. And that's after factoring in uh, and weighting more heavily that game last week against the Colts. So they put up, what, over 500 yards. So this, this offense has just been – something's a little off. It's really weird uh, because talent-wise, I feel like they should be better, but it's it's weak. 16 now so you can't just say oh you know things are gonna change. like at this point this is kind of what they are meanwhile the giants defense uh you know not great uh in certain metrics they're 29th in weighted dvoa but because they're so well coached they are making plays when it matters and, and excelling in situational football they're fifth on third down and they're fourth in the red zone and again it's week 16 so i, I do think that that is at least uh part of their identity at this point in the season. And then on the other side, this Minnesota defense, not very good. They finally started to switch up their scheme a little last week, and and, and they played some more man and blitz more, and I think they played some more cover one. But it was against the Colts who are ranked, I believe it's dead last on offense. So I wouldn't take too much from that uh, performance last week. This giant offense, which this is the craziest thing. Remember I said the, the Viking offense, 22nd in, in DVOA? The Giant offense is 12th. So the Giants somehow, with no receivers, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, where he doesn't even throw touchdowns, uh, they've somehow, and no offensive line for half the year, uh, they've managed to be 12th in, in DVOA, and they're top 15 passing and rushing. They're ninth in passing DVOA somehow. Ninth with no Justin Jefferson, 19 spots higher than the Vikings. Like that, It's just ridiculous. Like something's so... Talk about reasons to fade the Vikings. I something's just a little off here. This team's getting outgained by uh, over forty yards per game. Yes, the Giants are coming off a bit of a shorter week than than usual because it's Saturday and they played on the the night game. But again, Saturday road teams doesn't matter if you're a favorite or an underdog. Fifty five thirty two against the spread, sixty three percent since so four. Dable under Dable, the Giants are six three and one straight up. When they're an underdog, so they they've won six out of ten games outright. Uh, when they're an underdog, and of course they got that tie against Washington and Daniel Jones, fifteen and five against the spread as a as an underdog, thirteen and five as a road underdog against the spread. That's seventy two percent. And when the the spread is under eight points, and he's a road underdog, eleven and one against the spread. So. I'm going to keep fading the Vikings until it stops working, and I'm going to keep backing Daniel Jones and, and this Giants team that always finds a way, whether it's ref assists or whatever it might be. They seem to find a way. So uh, give me the G-men plus four and a half uh, against Minnesota. Yeah, I do. I did see that the Vikings did change up their defense last week, which I, I thought was refreshing in that they're willing – their defense has been bad all yeah. year. Scheme, so too. that Donatel, yeah, that was able, like, they're going to, okay, let's try something new. So we'll see if that translates into better results, mainly speaking for down the line. 
Um, but yeah, they they like doubled their uh man rate and, yeah, and man, almost doubled their rate, blitz yeah. rate. Yeah, I mean a lot of the Vikings problems on offense has been the pressure that they're giving up in in the interior. That's where I think the Giants can really focus here. We'll see if I mean, look, it, it apparently is Garrett Bradbury is way more important than I thought, especially for this offense. But Ed Ingram has been really bad, and yeah, you got. I think we could Schlotman if 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 uh, Bradbury can't go. So there's some holes in that interior, which is where I think the Martindale and company are going to try and blitz. Thibodeau is playing really well, but I think that the Giants are just going to say, "Look, we're going to blitz and get pressure on Cousins and force him into mistakes." And I show a little bit of value in this number as well, and. This is the Giants just ugly up games, find a way to keep them close on the road. And the Vikings, what they've won 10, their last 10 wins have all been by one possession. So like we said last week, such a high chance the Vikings win this game by three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't been great. He's got a better scheme around him. He's got better, he's got a good skill players. Kirk Cousins just kind of been laboring out there, I feel like. And that's why his like you look at he's getting his yards, but his yards for completion is is I think at a career low point or near it. He's gonna get so much credit for coming yeah. back from 33 nothing against the the Colts. But and the Lions yeah, they, he threw for 400, and that you know, that was yeah. an eleven point loss. Because of their interior is struggling on fourth and one, and, and Cousins isn't a great quarterback sneaker. They, they, like, won't quarterback sneak, and it's costing them – it costs them, like, th- <laughs> two drives in a row at, at their own 30 um, last week. So know. that potentially could kill drives, and their special teams is playing really poor. And, yeah, this is just a blow average team that keeps getting lucky. And, yeah, I don't mind taking the G-men here on the road, the road warriors. I got – and I – you know, I wish there was, like – some like because I'm really starting to I know I know we talked about this early in the year and then we kind of you know we, we just took the Giants we didn't really hit on it but like this coaching for this team now that we have almost a full season of sample a sample size like just looking at some of the things like it it has to be coached like you know how the Patriots would always outperform the Pythagorean win total yeah like, okay it's like this giant team is pretty much a top 10 pass offense in DVOA they have no receivers that's got that's got to be coaching the defense you know, bottom five in DVOA, a lot of, you know, bottom five in, against the run, almost any any metric you look at. But then top five on third down, top five in the red zone. Like, that's that's coaching. Like, it, yep. it's kind of absurd. So, yeah, I think that's that's kind of one of the reasons. Dayball has just really simplified things for him. It's like, all right, let's, let's flood everyone to one side of the field and then just focus on here. And then you just have, like, two layers worth of throws to look at. Don't worry about trying to progress all the way across the field. And he's just made it really simple. And Jones is, has picked that up and yeah, the play calling has been great. And they kind of are just working with what they got, you know, next year, that defense could be really dangerous. One thing that they did, I think probably has, if not won them a game, at least like sealed it for them, but they've done this quite a few times is, you know, late in the game, they're in clock killing mode and it's handoff to Saquon, handoff to Saquon. They'll hand, they'll do the fake handoff to Saquon with Jones just bootlegging out and and just running and he'll get 15 yards every time they do it because it's just a perfect uh, play call and when and every the defense just thinks they're gonna hand it to Saquon again so like simple things like that I just see the Giants doing uh, that I feel like a lot of other teams could learn from because this team is definitely no has no business being as successful uh, as as it is given the uh, talent on the roster. Yep. All right, for my second pick of the fourth overall, the Week 16 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Washington Commanders plus seven at the 49ers. This one, 
It's painful, yes. But uh, right off the bat, I show a little bit of value in the line, and I'm catching seven on the road in a game with a total of what it's down to 38. How many times we brought up Shanahan at home, how bad he has been as a home favorite. And a lot of times he's going to play really conservative, especially when they're the superior team. You're going to see him a fourth and one. Like after a perfect example is when Purdy got the offside, drew the offsides, end of the quarter, come back and he punts a fourth and one at the 42. Yeah, what was that? Uh, against Seattle. He, kick and he'll kick a field goal in fourth and one. Just the, there won't be the most optimal decisions to kind of extend the lead here. And he's kind of on your side in a way when you have the dog. Washington, I don't, I mean, look, there's there's word of maybe Carson Wentz. This, in a, this isn't a Carson Wentz podcast. But the only thing I do like when there's two quarterbacks who just aren't great, if the coach is like, yeah, I might be thinking about making a change, because he was maybe going to make a change last week, he said, before the touchdown drive that Washington had, is that if one quarterback is a disaster, you can have, and these these two quarterbacks are just high variance. You can bring the other one in and see if he has anything. But speaking of high variance quarterbacks, we still don't cannot say with certainty that Brock Purdy is what Jimmy G was. You know, it's only been a couple of games. We've seen quarterbacks, including Taylor Heineke, have a lot of success for a couple of games, and then you know you get film on them. And and look, Brock Purdy's been really good. But he's still Mr. Irrelevant. He's still had about three throws so far that should have been picks that were either wide open drops or uh, some terrible penalty call uh, that that Bucks game comes to mind. There was a couple in that game and the Seattle wide open drop when Diggs basically was thrown right to him. And so he's had a couple rookie questionable uh, mistakes here. And now there's film on him. We know Washington's run defense is excellent. That's San Francisco's bread and butter. And I think that they're going to make Purdy beat them deep. And we'll see if he can do it. No Debo Samuel here. San Francisco clinched the division last week. Washington's playoff hopes on the line. Um, And we talked about Heineke and this Washington team on the Giants last week. No, we do not want them as a favorite. No, absolutely not. But they're the new Jameis Winston. We can always look Washington as an underdog, especially catching seven in a game with a total of 38 and a half against a coach that has historically been horrendous at home as a favorite, especially of seven or more. The San Francisco defense is playing out of its mind lately, but I think this is the peak of the market. Yeah, I mean, it's this has been a weird couple of weeks with this, with this Washington team. I feel like last week, somehow, like the Giants were the square side. Like well, the whole oh, everyone in the public was betting the Giants, but yep. sharps are on Washington. I just didn't get it. Like I'm, not, I'm never gonna change a bet or you know not make a bet because of you know public action doesn't affect that, what's going on in the field. And I just didn't get it. And sure enough, it's just exactly what we've seen every other week from these two teams. So and now no one's talking about Washington. No one wants to touch him. They're seven point underdogs against Brock Purdy, making his what third career start. You wanted to take Washington as four-and-a-half, five-point favorite uh, against a team that they didn't cover against two weeks ago, but now just radio silence. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I think everyone's kind of – Washington just throws people off. It's, it is a weird team, but uh, this is when you yeah. want to invest in, in a team like this. And it's not yeah. even just Washington. This is generally just, I think, a good example of just how you bet the NFL in general. It's, you know, you only have 32 teams. You're going to have to bet on some – teams and players that probably don't like that much. And you got to remember, San Francisco has been great. Their defense has been elite, but 
I mean, if you look over the course of their schedule, their schedule overall has been extremely easy, mainly because that division has been extremely easy. But the I think the Washington run defense here, too, that can – you know that's what San Francisco wants to do. They've already won the division. Like, you're not getting the one seed. Uh, you're going to get – you want to get Purdy some reps. You can't get him hurt. You don't want to show too much. So, like, I this will be a classic Shanahan conservative game, I think. It probably ends up like 17-13 San Fran. It's like it's on Christmas Eve. San Fran already clinched. It's not going to be the greatest home field advantage. It's not going to be this raucous crowd on Christmas Eve. Keep that in mind for this weekend. Maybe that's why the road teams cover so much. Maybe that's it. Because a lot of Saturday games are around this time of year. Yeah. Keep that in mind, especially for the really cold games. Like, in teams, it's not a big game. You're going to have a lot of people like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm not going. Yeah. Speaking of teams that uh, don't necessarily love betting on, but sometimes I'm going to take the plunge for my third and final pick, the fifth overall of the Week 16 six-pack presented by FanDuel. I'm going with the Houston Texans, plus three and a half. See if you can shop, maybe get a four, four and a half. But uh, like this at anything over a field goal against the Tennessee Titans. Like, Malik Willis is the starter. Listen, I know if they beat the Texans 17-10, Texans got ran all over. We'll talk about that, why I think it could be a little different this time around. But let's just keep something in mind here. We're talking about getting more than a field goal for a quarterback that threw for 97, that that led them to 97 net yards passing in two games. 97 in two games. He averaged under 50 yards of pass offense per game. It's 2022. Like, I don't care who you are. We just saw this Texan team take the Cowboys to the wire, one of the best teams in the league, and then they come right back and take the Chiefs to the wire, one of the best teams in the league. So has this Texan team given up? No, that's that's all I need in a spot like this because the Titans obviously are in the thick of this division race. They're going to be playing hard. The Texans are playing hard as well. And the Texans have been hanging with – I mean, frankly, the Texans have probably been playing better than the Titans these last few weeks. So, uh, you know, like it here with uh, getting the backup quarterback and getting over a field goal. And Houston's defense – Last time they faced Derrick Henry, they had the worst run defense in the league. There's been a few teams that have kind of taken that crown at different times. I think the Lions, the Seahawks, the uh, the Bears probably in that category. But Texas had the worst run defense in the league. Derrick Henry, they couldn't stop him. Okay. Well, Houston's defense generally overall has been much improved since then. They are up to 14th overall in weighted DVOA. Uh, they're 16 pass and 20 rush, but since week 10, they're actually 10th in run defense DVOA. So this Houston run defense has essentially improved about 30, uh, about 20 spots, excuse me, from where they were last time they, they faced Derrick Henry. Now, they're still going to give up some plays. We saw that with Jarrett McKinnon, but generally speaking, this is a better defense all around, better on the ground. They're facing Malik Willis. So I don't, I think not only can Houston cover here, I think they're a live dog. Uh, we've seen this before. I think I want to say you had them either as a dog or a money line dog or just a, on the spread, but it was like plus 11. I think Tyrod Taylor was starting for Houston or something, and they just flat out beat Tennessee uh, in one of those years when Tennessee was really good. Yeah, Tennessee had like I think five turnovers. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they, they were wire to wire, easy winner. Right. So, you know, this is a division game waiting a year with a Houston team that's playing very hard and. They're, I think they're throwing teams off with this, you know, quarterback platoon. 
And you know, it's kind of working out. Damian Pierce losing him obviously hurts. But remember, the Titans, one thing they still have done well, uh, you know, throughout all of this, because even their run game, it's been up and down this year with Henry, but they still defend the run well. They're number one in run defense, DVOA. So, you know, losing Damian Pierce in this game, not a massive deal because as you're still going to have to cobble together offense with your quarterback platoon and uh, might get some Brandon Cooks back here. But uh, I just, you know, watching Houston play these last couple of weeks, uh, they just passed the eye test. They're kind of hanging around, hanging on here. Um, I think Andy Reid was gushing about their scheme and their coaching. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I take his word for it because uh, he, he's one of the best to do it. And you don't hear him do that a lot. So, um, yeah, just give me the Houston Texans uh, in this spot as divisional dogs late in the year against this Titan team starting a quarterback that hasn't led them to 100 net yards of pass offense, and he's already started two games. And also remember, Mike Vrabel is 22-14 and 14 against the spread as an underdog, but just 19-22 and 22 as a favorite. So this is this kind of spot where you do want to fade this Tennessee Titan team who, uh, you know, they haven't topped 17 points yet in, in a game with Malik Willis. And this Texan team, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it. Uh, I'm not going to ask questions. Just just lose by uh, just lose by a field goal or or win the game, Houston. Uh, I'm taking you against Tennessee. Yeah, this scares me a little bit. I mean, yeah, we'll see if, how they hold up against Henry. The the, the tight. I mean, the, what's hard for me is the Titans have so many injuries. Like if they have all these guys out, then I like it. I and we don't know who's going to play. I mean, you're talking like is are they going to get you know Nate Davis? They're starting guard in practice today. Fulton still didn't practice. Um, even Dennis Daly was out there. He's he was limited today. Their center, Ben Jones, is really good, didn't practice. Terrence Mitchell, their corner, got hurt. He didn't practice. Tannehill's out for the year. Uh Danico Autry, Heath is full. That's big. I think he's important. Trey I, Avery was limited. I mean, it's I could go on. Um, Armani Armani Hooker didn't practice. Petit Ferrer was limited. Jeffrey Simmons didn't practice. Traylon Burks was full. That helps. This this they have like thirty guys on the injury report that ha- and like it, it, seven or eight important players that have been playing on defense. So I don't. There's a lot of uncertainty with the injuries, and it does scare me what Henry has done against the the Texans. I mean, he's gone these last four games. He's gone thirty two to nineteen two, thirty four for two fifty two touchdowns, twenty two for two twelve and two touchdowns. 32 and 211 and three touchdowns. Uh, he's ran for 200 plus and four straight against them with multiple touchdowns in every game. So that does scare me a little like bit. Real, but also, those games have been close, though, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I distinctly. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I don't mind you, I, you know, if I had to take it, I would take the points here. The Titans are in free fall mode, but, uh, you know, cold game in December against a, you know, a dome team and who has nothing to play for titans in like desperation mode after Tannehill went out so like the spot scares me with like is is henry just gonna be bouncing off guys the entire game and then like do you really trust davis mills on the road outdoors with like just throwing it up to chris moore i mean after watching in the last two weeks i i trust i mean indoors though indoors okay (laughs) he's been real bad on the road his whole career we'll see all right for my third pick in the sixth overall of the week 16 six pack. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is kind of a 
Um, well, first of all, I do not think that um, Jalen Hurts is going to play. I'm om- yeah, doubtful. I'm pretty sure that means he's doubtful. Yeah, I'm almost positive of that. And I am making an educated guess here that this might sound crazy, but I do a lot of crazy things, that the Eagles are throwing this game. And what I mean by that is they don't care about it, and they don't really want to win it. They don't want to show Dallas anything. I really don't think that Hurts is – is he? how is he hurt? He came back in, he looked fine. He threw a 70-yard bomb. I just think they're worried about getting healthy. They can clinch the division next week at home against the Saints. And by the way, they want to beat the Saints because they get their draft pick. I don't think they're going to show much. They don't want to see – they don't want Dallas to see their defense, I mean, their offense again. So they're probably going to have to see Dallas in the playoffs, either them or the 49ers, to go to the Super Bowl. So, you know, I don't think they play Goddard. And by the way, the Eagles have not been good on the road. I I faded them again last week on the road, and I think they're 2-5 and against the spread now. And this is the Cowboys Super Bowl, and I think that they'll be able to run the ball, and that is the only time I really trust their offense. And when the run game is going – it's, look, they still were up 17 last week at Jacksonville. I think this is a good buy low spot on on Dallas. But, Mike, and look, you, you don't have – Gardner Minshew played last year. He played against the Jets' defense. And if you recall, the Jets' defense last year was poverty, was so bad. that People forget that. People forget how bad the Jets' defense was last, week, last year because they're so good. Gardner Minshew doesn't have the same running ability, you know, in the read option, in the design runs as Jalen Hurts, which really makes that offense so dynamic and so difficult to defend. He's also, look, hasn't played in a while, and now he's going up against a defense that can generate a ton of pressure on the road in a you know a stadium that'll be in a frenzy. This is not an easy task, especially when you consider uh, RIP to the GOAT, Mike Leach. Like he had a he missed the walkthrough. He was at Leach's funeral earlier this week. So, and you know, when you have a backup starter, you want to get as many reps as you can, especially on a short week, um, in the second straight road game. So I think this sets up as Dallas is Super Bowl, be able to run the ball, be able to get pressure on a backup quarterback, and then it just snowballs in the Eagles, and I think that the Eagles ultimately don't care. Uh, the way that Sirianni is, uh, you know, the way that they just are, look, we want to focus on the Super Bowl. We have bigger aspirations. Let's not show anything here. I think, look, let's beat the Saints next week at home or Dallas loses at Tennessee. Oh, it would only be right that that's what would happen. Actually. Dallas could lose at Tennessee, by the way, and they would already know that they clinched the overall one seed. But I think that they might want to get a game in. I don't. They don't I don't think they want to go a whole month with that with resting starters. But I don't think they bring Goddard back. And I think the snowballs early gets away from the Eagles, and they say, "I don't care." You know, it's not they're going to quit, but I think they're just going to go very vanilla. You're going to go very vanilla on defense. You're going to have a backup quarterback in there. You're not running any of your read option stuff with you know with Gardner Minshew against Michael Parsons and company. Look, I, I played a little bit on the open. I would play it at four and a half. I don't show a ton of value. I, got, it's, I don't show a ton of value in the line, but I also uh, I still would play it up to four and a half. I also money line them with the Bucks. We'll talk about that in best of the rest. It's yeah, I, I think all the Cardinals corners are out. Trace McSorley is starting. The I think the Cardinals second half of the year at home they lost like twelve straight home games. So I think a good money line parlay. Now I could be completely wrong. Like Hurts could end up playing, and this is all smoke screen, and they should. Like, now, now, look, they could clinch everything by beating Dallas, but that's no guarantee. They would be an underdog, and it would be a one-point underdog anyway. So I kind of get the line of thinking, um, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. I'm going with Dallas here in a little bit of a gut and intuition play. Yeah, that's actually a good point. I mean, thought I saw somewhere that Hurts was doubtful. It looks like he's still listed as questionable on the official injury report, but it sounds like he's not going to play. The market seems to think he's not going to play. So that's a really good point. And remember – 
Uh, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up, but they did something similar to this yeah. against Dallas. And Minshew, yeah. oh, Minshew started against Dallas uh, with like Devontae Smith played a few snaps. Everyone kind of started, but they kind of gave up quick. And uh, Dallas won 58 to 21, 51 to 26, excuse me, 51 26. That you can see something like that again because Dallas needs this, especially after, uh, you know, blowing a game to, uh, to Jacksonville. I think it's just kind of Super Bowl versus and that's all it is. So give me the boys. You make a good point because I'm looking at the injury report right now. And as you mentioned, you know, 10 got 10 starters missing practice. Uh, just, you know, no in, non-injury, just, you know, straight up rest day when you have a, a backup quarterback. That's kind of And the game's on Saturday. Easy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's kind of peculiar. So, uh, yeah, it could be. Uh, it's weird, though, because this, this, see, now this is another one where I looked in the action app and I see the sharp signal on Philly. It's like I, I just don't get some of these. uh some of the, the sharp plays, or quote unquote sharp plays, I should say, uh, lately. Like, remember, we were both baffled at the why, why, why they were on the Dolphins minus three and a half against the Chargers, and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, our, our our intuition was right, and that, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, the Eagles injury report today, they rested like eleven starters. Yeah, yeah, like uh, Kelsey, Bradbury, Slay, Graham, Sweat, Cox, Dickerson, Sumalo, uh, Lane Johnson. AJ Brown. Why, why, why everyone else get a rest day, but the third string tight end is practicing <laughs> with a knee? Like, why, why, why did he got to practice with a, with a fucking knee injury? <laughs> Every fucking team. That's some foul shit, man. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right about this. Uh, that's, that's a very, uh, very good call out there. All right. So that is uh, going to wrap it for the week 16 six pack. Stuck. You got the Patriots plus three and a half. Some Mac Jones. Some Heineke with Washington plus seven, and some Dak with the Cowboys minus four and a half. And uh, I got some Aaron Rodgers plus three and a half with the pack against the Dolphins. Got Daniel Jones plus four and a half at Minnesota. And uh, I don't know who it is Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll, one, both uh, with Houston plus three and a half against the Titans. All right, let's get into the week 16 coaches pep talk. This is by far the worst team that has ever sat in this locker room. You don't deserve a locker room. You should be playing without uniforms. There's not one of you, not one of you that's learned how to win. All right, this week's coaches pep talk comes to us from the beloved 1989 holiday film National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We got to dedicate it to Matt Patricia. Yeah, I mean, heck, we could dedicate it to Belichick too. This whole Oh, Patriots. Craft. Yeah, right. All of them dudes, man. Uh, hey. If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like my boss right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? All right, uh, let's jump into our favorite total of... Both of our totals missed last week. That might have probably the first time in a while that I think both of us have missed at the same time. Second time this year. Total's been really good. Let's get back on track. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens 
Falcons under 35 and a half. This number's come down a little bit. I wouldn't go to 35. Uh, but I just think that the way this game is going to play out, I don't think Lamar is going to play. We'll see. Tyler Huntley's now on the uh, injury report. But, look, there's been a lot of dr- – first of all, this game is just going to be two of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL in weather and the cold. Desmond Ritter looked horrendous last week. I – yeah, that was amazing. Um, he looked really bad. I don't think that he's going to have much success on the road in the cold with some win against uh, an angry Ravens defense, especially when you consider the fact that since Roquan Smith has arrived in Baltimore, they've been number one against the run uh, EPA per rush. I think number two in success rate behind the Patriots. Their run defense is really good. Like you might, you're not going to have Marcus Peters on the outside. I, mean, I don't think it matters with, uh, Desmond Ritter here. Ravens ultimately, I think, will win this game because they can run the ball and the Falcons can't defend the run. So it's like two really run-heavy teams, limited passing attacks. Like no one's going to be able to throw the ball in this game. And one run defense is really good and the other run defense isn't. I think that's what it comes down to. But the clock's going to be bleeding here. And the Ravens offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, took a lot of shit last week because and I was in the stands yelling this like why aren't they running the ball and if, instead of throwing it like at the 10 they only ran it four times in like the in the fourth quarter they were averaging like nine yards a carry for the game and they stopped running in the second half and they were gashing the Browns and you had um Bowser put up a Tyus Bowser their slot linebacker went on Instagram and like shared like fire fire Greg Roman. Yep. And they had like uh, all the all the interviews and uh, talk. They like made up and hugged apparently. But all the talk has been about this. Like, why aren't you running the ball? Like, we have a backup quarterback. You're on the road in the cold, and you have no receivers. Now they have no receivers. Like, who knows who's going to be quarterback this week? It's going to be the same situation here. Bad run defense in the cold with the you know who knows a quarterback. You have no receivers left. You can bet your ass that the Ravens are going to run the ball this near forty times. And if you look at what the Ravens have done since Huntley has took over, and I've been preaching this for about a month or two, their defense is probably the most underrated in the NFL right now since they've been healthy and they added Roquan Smith. Now, they won't be fully healthy this week, but I, I don't think it's ultimately going to matter without Peters and probably Campbell. But look, here are their games recently with Huntley. I mean, they beat the Broncos at home 10 to 9. Um, and then they won at Pitt 16 to 14. And then last week they lost 13 to 3. I mean, these are their games right now with Huntley. It's like really good defense. They can't really move the ball. And then last week, they kind of abandoned the run. They were running it well. I think they'll be able to do that now, which means like they're going to sustain drives. Clock's going to be bleeding. And I don't see the Falcons doing much of anything. Um, I would be shocked if the Falcons get to 10. Um, more than 10, I should say. So, like, I put their max at 10. It's probably where they finish. And I think the Ravens, I'd be shocked if the Ravens could score more than uh, three touchdowns with this offense. Probably a lot of field goals and you know, without some freak turnovers, fluke turnovers, this thing is probably going to look a lot like those three games that I just mentioned. Um, I'll, I'll I'll call it Ravens 17 to 10 final. I got something for you. Uh, see, you know, you talked about you were getting killed by special teams last week. Well, I got some special teams I think is going to be on your side. And this one, because Devin Duvernay being out, he averaged 25 and a half yards per kickoff return. That was second in the NFL. And Justice Hill, who's conceivably going to uh, take over, 
averages 18.3 in his career. So that's about a, a seven yard difference. And then punt returns, Duvernay was top five with 11.9 yards per punt return. Uh, the only other, no one else has returned a punt for the Ravens in two years. The last the last guy who did it was James Prochet. So he, I'm guessing he would do. He's going to do it again. Yeah. And uh, he averages 8.6. So that's a, like about three and a half yards difference. So yeah, you figure a couple of returns uh, per game. Yeah, it's about 20, 15, 20 yards of field position over the course of the game. Yeah, I, I, I think I have him as the best return in the NFL right now. Yeah. When you consider the entire body of work, his punt and kick returns. Also, Tucker, the Falcons have a good, really good returner as well on their own, right? But when Tucker plays elite returners, I mean, he can put it in the end through the end zone whenever he wants, or sometimes he like pops it up when he wants teams to return. So the Ravens can neutralize the Falcons' return game. I just don't see how it's going to end well for Ritter here. I am uh, going to bet this, but if you, but you haven't seen it come through yet, it's because I, a lot of the public is on the over, so. We might get uh, the hook at some point or, but I'm uh, going with Carolina, Detroit under 43 and a half, uh, seen it at 44 at a bunch of spots. And I've even seen some 44 and a half uh, earlier. So I'm hoping it gets back to that. But I think both of these defenses are a little bit underrated. And of course you have Jared Goff out, outdoors, but the Panthers defense is uh, sixth in DVOA against the past since week 10. Uh, always talk about how we love JC Horn. I think that obviously helps against this Lions offense that suddenly loaded at receiver, but uh, Carolina's sack rate has jumped massively over the past uh, six weeks or so. They have an eight, eight and a half sack rate since week eight. We know Jared Goff under pressure does not play well. His pass rating drops from 113 to 56 uh, from a clean pocket to when he is under pressure. And uh, I think, that Carolina is going to run the ball as they've been doing. They've, they're calling design runs at, you know, half the time or more. In, in the yeah, it's game. been really conservative since Wilkes yeah. has taken over. Right. And, and, and especially with Darnold, too. So, yeah, they, uh, you know, they're going to run the ball a lot. You should get a, a bleeding clock, at least on Carolina's side. And, uh, you know, I think this is another game where Detroit struggles to score points. I mean, I don't think Carolina is – quite as good as the Jets defense, but we saw the Jets defense hold Detroit to what, 10 points. You take away the yeah. score. And even one of those, you know, some of those points, that was like a, a, just a great play call and some bad angles from the Jets defense. I mean, they let a backup caliber tight end rumble 51 yards on fourth and inches. Like that's, that's an outlier. So you could have the Lions with six points. Lions yep. could have had six points in, in that game against the Jets. So I'm not saying the Panthers are the Jets, but this game is outdoors. The, the Lions are averaging about 10 points less outdoors. And, you know, that's even with some big games uh, coming outdoors. I think they had a big game against Chicago where they scored some points. But, uh, yeah, just Lions team not as good on the not as good outdoors on the road. Carolina runs the ball a lot. And this Lions defense, remember we talked earlier, they were one of the worst rundies in the league at one point in the year. Well, since week eight, they're allowing just 3.3 yards per carry to running backs. So this, they've they've been able to stop the run, and that's what Carolina is going to do. Carolina really has no choice. They have DJ Moore, and that's really it at receiver. So, you know, Detroit, they'll blitz. They'll play man coverage. Just a lot of things that I'm sure Ben McAdoo does not want to see Sam Darnold deal with. So he's going to line up with well, – they have four tight ends active every week, usually, because Carolina – you're going to probably see them use all of them in this game, line them all up on the line of scrimmage, and 
and uh, just try to run the football and probably not be too successful at it. So uh, give me the under 43 and a half in Panthers and Lions. Also, for what it's worth, Sean Hockley, been a great under ref his entire career, 49 and 19 under 59%. But when the total, when he gets like two of these, these kind of middling teams, when the total is under 45, unders are 23 and five in games that Hockley has ref. So I haven't dug in fully to the penalty data, but I know it's kind of a little more favorable to the, to the defenses uh, than, than your average ref. So got that working for him as well. And, and golf unders outdoors, temperature below 46 and three. So give me the under Panthers lions. All right, let's jump into our favorite teaser of the week. Oh yeah. Six point teasers. Where are you going this week? Uh, let's keep it really simple here. Saints. I'm going to go with the saints up. Yeah, plus two, let's call it two and a half up to plus eight and a half. And also Raiders from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. These are very similar games in that you're teasing up from two and a half to eight and a half. Can cover that eight too, which is a little more important now with more teams missing extra points and more teams going for two, especially lately. But these totals are both under 40, especially in the Browns game. Uh, you're at a total of 32 in Pittsburgh at 37. We have weather. Low scoring games. I think these will be competitive games. And every team has like an outside playoff shot. Yeah, I think the Steelers are like 0.1%. But um, I don't see either any of these teams really getting margin here. For what it's worth, the, the Saints Browns game will be really interesting because the winds are going to be like 40, 50 miles an hour. But they're like, it's projected to be down the field. So if you remember that Bills. Uh, Patriots game where it's like all the strategy was based on like where you were that quarter. So we'll see how those teams handle it. Like, cause you want to like take a timeout, maybe to punt it like with the, in the first quarter with 10 seconds to go in the quarter, things like that. So be really interesting. Watch crippling wins here. You're going to just get tons of runs, but yeah, just keep it simple. Two and a half, eight and a half on two dogs and totals that are under 38. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints as well, up to eight and a half. Uh, yeah, that, that total was 32. I mean, the Browns, uh, Nick Chubb didn't practice again, so now there is actually a legit question about what, what's good with him. But, you know, this Browns team, they win a game last week. They win you know, a game last week with uh, Deshaun Watson, and they scored 13 points in that game. So this Brown, we still haven't really seen anything from this Deshaun Watson-led Browns offense outside of, the you know, that – I mean, they didn't score against the Texans. The defense scored and the special teams scored. So I I think New Orleans can keep it close here, perhaps even win outright. And I'm going to go Buffalo down to two and a half here. You know, Chicago is starting to play teams closer. Buffalo isn't winning with margin the way they used to kind of last year. So, but I still think Buffalo takes care of business. The Chicago defense to me is just it, – it's bad. And I think, you know, staying, they, they kind of kept it close against the Eagles. You mentioned the Eagles – not a great road team, but uh, I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a little tougher doing now facing another elite team for the second week in a row. So I uh, like Buffalo here, but Buffalo just been a little sloppy at times with them with, with Josh really this whole year. It's been kind of sloppy for them. So uh going to tease them down. Yeah. Weather in that game as well. Yeah. Low total 
you're looking for other total pieces, like if you want for the Thursday night football, as I mentioned earlier, don't mind the Ravens. I'm going to bring them down just to win the game. I don't mind the Panthers because I agree with you on that under. You wanted to tease the Panthers up from two and a half to eight and a half. And then the Rams, too. I mean, the total is 36. So if you wanted to go up to eight and a half, that wouldn't be bad. It's a lot of good teaser pieces if you wanted to find something else to tease with Thursday night football. Bucks, right? Aren't they, you, can, you can tease them down to like one. Tease the Bucks, too. I like the Bucks. Uh, I, yeah, really like the Bucks, too. Teasing them from seven and a half down to one and a half with uh, Trace McSorley. I do like the Bucks pretty much just as much as the Bills and Saints. I, I probably like the Bucks even a little more than the Saints just because. You know, I just feel like they're going to win the game, whereas like the Saints, you know, something could some silliness could happen and uh, maybe they lose like 10 nothing or something. Whereas I don't really see the Bucks blowing, blowing this. But stranger things have happened, but I do like the season of Bucks down. Uh, all right, let's get into our money line underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. All right, Stuck, you, you're just on fire. What you got for us this week? I'm going to make a last-minute switch. I was going to go with Carolina, just outdoor golf, Carolina defense. But I'm going to go with, you know, with Chubb not practicing, watch this one, I'm looking okay. I'm going to go with the Saints. I think this is closer to a coin flip. I show a little bit of value in the spread. And then throw in the crazy wind and the total. This is just a wild variance game. Um, like, it's going to, like, it could depend on, like, who has the ball where at the end of the first. So, yeah. Happy to take this game with a total of 31. It's basically, this is just a coin flip. And the, you, you're going to have tons of runs. The Saints defense, run defense has not been as good, but they're getting healthier. The defense line is bound up. The Browns' run defense has been bad all year. That could be end up being the difference here. So, yeah, give me the Saints on the money line. Yeah, I don't mind it. Who, by the way, I bet them in our, our preseason, I bet them to win the division, which somehow still has life. If yeah. only they didn't blow that game on uh, when they were oh up 16 3. Yeah, I have a Panthers futures. And so I was just as like I, I could have used them not blowing it. I mean, game yeah. Up. But I mean everyone's still alive. So everyone's still alive, no matter yeah, what future you have. I, I'm gonna go with the Rams here at home. Uh plus one twenty four against the Broncos. Listen, I you know, the Broncos finally got a win. It, it was at home. It came against Trace McSorley. It came in a game Russell Wilson didn't play. Now Wilson's back. I've just seen this movie too many times. Everything's a struggle. Like it, they 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 probably won't give up more than ten to thirteen points, but they may not score more than ten to thirteen points. And uh, you know Mayfield, obviously, I think he's going to play a lot better at home, uh, like he did in the first meeting. Uh, you know, going to Green Bay, they I don't think they got two hundred yards of offense last uh, in that Monday night game, so it was not pretty. But if there's any team the Rams can beat, it's a team like this because. Like, their defense is kind of wasted. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, hold the Rams to fewer points than they were already going to score? Like they weren't, they're were already not going to score more than, like, you know, 10, 13, 17 points anyway. So, can the Broncos score more? Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But it's going to get real tense if they have a couple of, uh, you know, three and outs or punts with Russell Wilson. You know, there's still, still that tension on the sidelines. I think the Rams could pull off another another miracle kind of like they did at the end with uh, the Raiders at a game I. Happened to witness live, so give me the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with this one, but I mean, yeah, I can never fault you for just taking the dog against the Broncos on the road. But what I think this comes down to is, like, the Rams cannot run the ball. These two teams are really similar in that, like, you have quarterbacks who have been inept. There are offensive lines that are just decimated by injury, all receivers that have been decimated by injury. But, like, the Broncos, at least you have Judy, 
and you can run the ball a little bit. And then you have an elite defense. The Rams defense now without Donald, it's just average. But the Broncos pasty is so good. I think they're number one now, probably, assuming DVOA and EPA per play. They can be run on a little bit, but that's why I was on the the Rams team total under last week, which I wrote up for action, is that the Rams can't run the ball. So like if, if they go up against a really good pasty like they did against the Packers, like Baker Mayfield is awful. Um, and he's playing behind an offensive line that also probably you probably don't have your center now. Brian Allen got hurt, another injury. He got hurt last week. And like your number one receiver is like Van Jefferson, right? I mean, um, so like even Baker Mayfield was bad and now he's playing with like and there's gonna be no home field advantage here it's what christmas day for a, a corpse team there's gonna be no one here yeah i actually might bet the broncos but this is also just a fate of the rams for me i don't i couldn't get behind the rams right now in baker mayfield i mean but, hey, maybe maybe it's that witnessing it live you know you gotta see baker bake <laughs> gotta see him bake up close and personal bro it's life-changing <laughs> uh that is going to wrap our money line dog so the Saints around a little under plus 130 with the uh, Rams around the same. About 4X, so you get about about 400 on a $100 bet. All right, let's get into the best of the rest, which are games we haven't covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right, first up, we got Seattle at the Chiefs. Chiefs favored by 10. The total is 48 and a half. I don't mind Seattle here. You know, the Chiefs with Mahomes since uh, November of 2020 are just 8 and 24 against the spread when they are favored by more than a field goal. I don't love the fact that Tyler Lockett is going to be out, though. I mean, he was just such an important part of that offense and you know would really help if they needed a backdoor cover or just to kind of hang Hang, hang close and, and, and score points, which you're going to have to do uh, against the Chiefs. So that, that's the only reason I didn't end up making it into my uh, pick a six-pack picks. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, I would lean Seahawks as well. Chiefs just don't cover these big spreads. I would lean under also. This is, you know, at home, the Chiefs' unders have been money with Reed when they're when they're f- favorites of seven-plus. And like you mentioned, they've been bad. So, like, Seattle wants to establish the run and they want to stop the run, which they have not been good at. They've just been getting torched on the ground. But that's okay if that happens against Kansas City. And, you know, if there is a strength of the Seattle defense, it's their pass D. And I think that Seattle can get their run game going a little bit, no matter who it is, against Kansas City's run D. And that'll help um, Geno a little bit, but not having lock it hurts. But most willing to help the clock run keep them in the game. It's a big number. Chiefs have not been covering these big numbers. I mean, look, the last couple of weeks, it's the Broncos, the Texans. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Seattle or nothing, but this is a pass for me. Yeah. Just, I think the locket, the locket injury does hurt um, because it's like, you want to have a, a football reason of like, okay, yeah, we want, yeah. You no, know, the Chiefs don't cover, but like, you still want to be confident in Seattle. And I, this could be, where the, the gig is kind of up for, I mean, it's kind of been ending. I mean, what did they lose to the Raiders and the Panthers? So the gig has kind of been up for Seattle, but I, you know, this could be one of those games where the chiefs say, okay, you know what, let's blow them out. And uh, yeah. maybe Mahomes doesn't throw it five red zone picks. So yeah, don't love it. Uh, Tampa Bay, Arizona, the bucks up to seven and a half point favorites, total 39 and a half. We talked about this one. The teaser piece, money line piece. This is uh, the, the Cardinals are a corpse. 
It's Kiff. The Cardinals are always a corpse this time of year with Cliff Kingsbury, second half of the season, also at home, but especially this year. You're down to Trace McSorley at quarterback. I think they're down all their corners. Their offensive line is ravaged by injuries. They're, they don't have any position coaches left. Like, like their position coaches have all been fired or let go for various reasons. It's it's a disaster what's going on in Arizona. I'm so happy on our last preview pod we added that under together. Remember that win total under? Oh um, yeah, yeah. That was that. Yeah, that's definitely stood out. I, I think yeah, like uh, did end up missing like didn't get to put a lot of them in the app. But the two I put in are that under. And Philly to win the the division. So my futures are looking pretty good this year in the app. Yeah, mine are looking really good now that Jacksonville might win the division. Oh my gosh, Tennessee could that Tennessee could go under. It looks like they should. I mean, they should. Um, so yeah, this yeah, teaser piece, money line piece. That's it. This game. Yeah. This is on Christmas. Oh, it's the last the night game, I believe, too. It's the Sunday night game. Like Tampa, Arizona is supposed to have real meaning. Denver Rams, the Broncos Rams are supposed to have real meaning. Packers Dolphins, that's the only one. Thank God the Packers have won recently. Otherwise, this Christmas slate would have been of uh, just the disaster. There should be some prop opportunities with this Cardinal team. Uh, and I, I, I actually wouldn't bet the under on the total in this game because I could see this as like, finally the get right spot for the Bucks offense, you know, like, like winning like 41, nothing or something like yep. that. And, and, you know, the total still goes over. I also think this could be a Rashad white uh, breakout game here. They might actually, you know, be able to run at some point in the game. It seems like every game they're in some type of two minute drive near the end and Brady's throwing 40, 45 passes. So, well, yeah, especially the Cardinals secondary is all banged up. It's a, it's a mess. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the Week 16 Action Network podcast presented by Fandle. But I hope everyone out there has a happy and safe holiday. Hey, Chris, this is producer Matt jumping in real quick. Just want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. And whether you're betting with your family, betting to escape your family, or if your bets are your family, we appreciate you spending a little bit of your holiday season with us here at the Action Network Podcast. And we want to wish all of you a very happy, very prosperous, and very safe holiday week. Even you, Cliff Kingsbury, you rat bastard. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com and download the free award-winning Action Network app. You can follow Stucky at Stucky2 on the app. And you can follow me at Chris Raybon and see all of our picks as well as track your own. And uh, we'll be back next week. Let's get this money. Go Ravens. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.